What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Beastin' with Brian podcast. I am your host, Brian. As you know, I am always the main host. And today, it's a special episode, as is every episode. And why is today such a special episode? Well, I have taken a very, very long hiatus for a couple of reasons. Uh, I was focusing on uh, my transfer from military service back into civilian life, um, almost fully complete with that now. I was focusing on finishing up my degree, so I had a couple stressful months just making sure that I maintained the grades to do that. Um, and, you know, just like a couple different moving parts and all that stuff. So I've been busy kind of taking a break um, from a lot of extra things that I do. Uh, not extra, but, you know, just things in general. And obviously the last two podcasts that I've had, one was just talking about, uh, well, the last one was talking about lowering the hoops for basketball, uh, playing basketball on a lower hoop. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm passionate about that, but I do think it's something that's interesting and I think it would be more fun. So I think people should be more open to it. Um, that's my personal opinion. And then prior to that was with uh, Kevin Brittingham, uh, which that was pretty neat for me, him being a uh, prominent person in the gun industry. Um, I don't know. It was just kind of cool, right? And so I've been, like I said, taking the hiatus, taking that time for me. And now I can say I'm, you know, like two weeks from getting out of active duty. Um, uh, I'm going to be a, officially a college graduate on June 1st, but I've finished all my credits and all my classes are done, which is great. And um, yeah, I'm, you know, starting a new job, similar career path, but um, different job, which would be cool. A lot of cool stuff going on. And so what am I doing here? What's to come with Beasting with Brian? Is it going to continue? Is this just a hobby that I enjoy doing? Um, well, Yes and no. It is a hobby that I do enjoy doing. Why do I like doing this? I don't know. I wish I could tell you, but I just enjoy it. No matter how, not stressful, but it can be like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It, it, Because I make myself do it, I can tend to procrastinate. So seeing that in myself is important. But as of late, I've seen the podcast grow in popularity, which was interesting in the last 30 days. And I hadn't posted anything really since March. So that was also interesting. I'm um, curious to to see why that is. But if you are listening, um, please follow me on Instagram, Beastin with Brian Podcast, literally just all one word. Um, and feel free to message me with any questions or topics that you might want to talk about. Um, and yeah, I'd be happy to discuss them. I have plenty of opinions and things of that nature that I'm willing to talk about um, if that's what you guys want to hear. But regardless of that, I will always continue to do what I want to do. Um, and yeah, that's it pretty much. So uh, things to look forward to in the next couple months for me, I'm going to, I've been saying this, but I'm going to revamp my, um, 
my YouTube channel. I've been waiting to do the sneaker review. I have all the sneakers done. I've put in the time with them. It's been probably a year now since I've since I've worn most of them. I've retired some of them. And, you know, I'm honestly ready to buy a new pair of sneakers. Bottom line is, is what I'm going to tell you guys. When it comes to basketball sneakers and using them for an all-around purpose shoe, Nike makes the best, at least for my feet. Um, you know, I'm like I said before, I moved away from Nike when they were having that controversy with the making products in China and whatnot. And, you know, there's a lot of products that I still use that are that are also made in China. So we it it's one of those things. Oh, we don't want to get. Well, you know, I'm rambling because there's so many things that people say. And the bottom line is like. I'm I'm proud to be an American and I'm proud to use USA made products and I like to support local businesses. But when it comes to big industry and things of that nature, Typically, it's going to be hard to get sourced materials and um, and factory labor inside this country. Um, there are shoes that shoemakers that do do that, but at the end of the day, it's not going to provide me with the same performance factor. Now, with all that said, Nike viewed saw what happened in the supply chain during COVID nineteen. And most manufacturers did. And so they've diversified where their shoes, where all their materials are being made, whether they're sourced from those areas or whatnot, I'm not sure. But bottom line is you're not going to only get things that are just made in China. I think the world as a whole saw how bad that is just – and this is obvious. Like never have just one single source. Like when you go to the grocery store – you're not always going to find the thing that you want. So you need to have other grocery stores on hand to be able to make sure you get the product that you want. So anyways, that's um, that's that. So I'm, I'm back to Nike. Um, you know, if there's a better shoe out there for a better price, I promise you I will switch to it. But right now, that's those are some of the most important things that you put on your feet and I don't stick to the necessary regiment that I would like to. Like you should have a pair that you wear, switch out every three months, etc. But, um, eh, I mean, I heard that a long time ago. That that might have changed, but I'm sure if you talk to a podiatrist or something, they'd probably say the same idea. Matter of fact, I should probably get an interview with one. So we'll asterisk that statement, and hopefully, I can talk to a foot specialist or a sneaker specialist and. Um, sports science or sports medicine and go from there. That's probably important, especially for like, you know, the differences between individuals with flat feet, arched feet and so forth. I have arched feet. Uh, I have very high arch. So there's that. Um, I've been off and on with my workouts. I've been going more towards my at-home workouts. I've really in- enjoyed working out with this sandbag that um, it's another video that I would like to do. Um, for you know, I'll do all my beastly gear reviews. I might have to call it something else because that name is so goddamn cheesy. But um, but you know, it does go with the whole Beast and O'Brien. But honestly, Beast and O'Brien comes from, as you guys already know, comes from that first video that I that's on YouTube. 
I will not link to it because for me, it's embarrassing. But um, but that's where it comes from, and I've always stuck with it. So that's you know. But I'll I'll come up with something else. Um, but yeah, I've been using the sandbag for workouts, which has been great. You know, just doing like uh, split squats, hand cleans, clean uh, clean to press. Uh, this is mostly what I do with it, um, and then adding jump rope and other other workouts. I did see this new product. Um, that is like a DIY type of dumbbell where you buy this shell and fill it with concrete and it's supposed to support this the weight of that. I'm interested in that. It seems very low cost, especially with how expensive buying dumbbells are right now. I, you know, to buy a pair of 50s, you have to spend, uh, I don't know, like 120, 130 bucks. Like this is not cheap. And yeah, it'll last forever, but that's a... Still, not. I don't want to say it's too large of an upfront cost, but when you have groceries, rent, mortgage, whatever, childcare, and all those other things, like you know, you're trying to limit certain costs. And then also when you when you do other things, like uh, you're already paying for a gym membership. Like my gym membership really pays for access to a basketball court on rainy days. Uh, now that it's getting nice out, it's easier for me to go outside and whatnot. So I don't really need it as much, but Still, it's four or five hundred dollars a year, and so you know, those are just things to think about. Um, so that's a product that I saw recently that I probably want to try out. Um, let's see what else. What else, man? There's so much. Um, oh my goodness, I didn't even talk about this. I went on my pig hunt, I didn't even talk about it, and man, was it fun! I will do a podcast solely on that. Uh, it was more funny than anything. We'll see if I could get the other two guys to that went uh, to do the podcast with me and just to shoot the shit and just talk about it. It'll be funny, um, I'm sure. And so, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, lizard season is here. We're already in mid-May. I have not gone out. I have caught one lizard or two. I can't remember, but... Um, I just haven't been able to get out the way I want to. I've been doing a lot of traveling and whatnot. So uh, it's some good stuff. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I really got for you guys today um, in regards to an update. Other than that, let's talk about let's talk about the National Basketball Association. As frustrating as the NBA has been for true fans for the last five years, seven years, maybe. And, you know, one of the biggest issues I would say has been how the media surrounding it operates. Uh, I think one of the best thing that best things that has been happening is that more players that have good communication skills, uh, not only speak well, but also are able to, um, divulge their analysis of the game and also go into kind of deeper things like the training up, uh, the mentality relationship between all, you know, all that stuff that you don't really see. You just see the game. Um, it enables people to see how the sport is played. And, you know, a lot of people have their opinions. Like some people say, um, and to, 
to an ass. Uh, I don't necessarily agree 100%, but let's just say, uh, let's take LeBron, for example. You know, best player for the last 20 years. Um, not always been the best player, in my opinion, but in the last 20 years, he's been the best player. And, um, you know, a lot of people will call him soft uh, and things of that nature. And why is that? Well, they watch the game and they see the flopping. They see this thing. And I get it. I get why to hate on that and people complaining to the refs and stuff like that. I, the way I play, I don't, I don't do that. Like flopping, you got to sell a foul for sure. But at the end of the day, like just flopping for no reason, that can be annoying. When you're getting paid millions and millions of dollars to be the best and to constantly win, that's a different story. I can't put myself in those shoes because that's not me. Um, But I can see where he's coming from. Even as a fan, if it's annoying to me, and if I were playing against him, it'd also be annoying to me. But if you're on his team and he's doing that and it it gives you an advantage, I highly doubt you're going to be upset. So that criticism, I take it with a grain of salt and I don't like to just apply it. Now, basketball players in general, I would say, are typically soft for whatever reason, especially now that things are moving less, moving away more from taking the ball in, drawing a foul and getting to the free throw line and beating teams that way, or just in general, just taking the ball in and moving more towards three-point shots, like, you know, averaging 50% of your shots, three-point shots. That's a lot. From Back to when I was... Um, when I started playing, uh, and if you look at the NBA from the 80s when it, when it was implemented, the early 80s to now, you know, Larry Bird, for example, who's known for his three-point shot and just shooting in general. Not just his overall, I mean, obviously his overall play, but his shooting was paramount at that time. And he averaged, I think it was like three, three-pointers. I could look this up, but I'm just going off the top of my head. Let's say he averaged three three-pointers a game maximum. The average player now is averaging five or six. Not average player, but three-point shooter. Like, if you look at Steph Curry, he'll shoot ten threes in a game. And he'll miss seven. So if he goes three for ten, that's still 30%. That's still what is considered a decent three-point shot. Not the best, but decent. Like, a good three-point shooter shoots 40%. Great three-point shooter shoots 40%. You know, the 35 to 40 percent, that's that's average to best, right? 32, 33, not a great three-point shooter, but still in the average range. If you were making one for three, you were pretty much doing okay. So that's that's 3.3 out of 10. So if you take 10 threes, that's what you're gonna that's what you're gonna be making. So um you know, and honestly, those numbers factor better. So, you know, I don't necessarily like watching that style of play. Um, but when you're playing, you're not going to notice it. So as a fan, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to enjoy watching that type of basketball because it's a lot of back and forth and there's not that physical aspect, which is what gets people excited. It's not them dunking on somebody's face. And that's where my argument for a shorter rim actually makes sense because it not just a shorter rim but also making a dunk worth four points then you 
add more incentive to see that type of basketball. Um, but anyways, uh, back to the playoffs. Oof, went on a huge tangent there. Um, back to the playoffs. I've been obviously focusing on the Celtics and the Sixers, which has been last game was tough, tough. Like, you know, people can blame refs, whatever. I'm not going to blame anybody. Um, James Harden hit that perfect three towards the end. And, um, you know, the Celtics failed to get the shot off earlier and um and get a couple stops towards the end and that's that's the bottom line and like uh i believe Marcus Smart shot a 3 towards the end of the fourth you know had he stepped in just a little bit with one bounce and taken that shot it probably would have gone in you know his the three pointer was just a bit short so it turned into they were all tired too so um but playing in Philly is always tough uh, Philadelphia is known for the type of fans that they have, which are great for the Philadelphia teams, not so good for any opponent coming in there. So, um, And same idea with Boston. So it'll be interesting to see what happens tonight. Um, I'm probably going to post this podcast tomorrow, tomorrow morning. I am going to post it tomorrow morning. So the results will come in after that. But um, no, it's been exciting to watch the the Celtics play. I think the playoffs has been way better than the regular season as it always is, but, um, takeaways from watching, from watching the game. I think the last couple years, we really saw that huge transition from shooting more threes and less twos to now where it is, where I think the pace and physicality is kind of aligning and, um, the refs, which is good for the game. The refs are allowing basketball players to play a little bit more uh, something I w- hope to see is that um, there's more maturity in the players and less arguing with the refs. Uh, I think we're starting to see that. I think the NBA s- sees that as the association goes, I think they see that that is a detractor. And just like in you know the World Cup soccer or whatever the leagues are, one of the big criticisms is not just the flopping, but people going up to the refs and arguing and it just slows down the game, takes away from the experience for the fan. And the refs already have a hard enough job making sure that they make the right call. And who knows if there's a, you know, I'm not going to say there's a script, but let's say uh, refs play into, because refs will play into home court advantage. They will also play into what's going to happen with the home court. It's just the bottom line. Those 50-50 calls is where that takes place. As a fan, one of the most important things that, we should do is see the game from that perspective of what what would it be like seeing the game in real time and not relying on replay all the time and being able to have that objective lens that's pretty important obviously you'll get infuriated in in the moment but it's important to see those kinds of things and not stressing about whether they're making the right call a hundred percent of the time are they at least getting it you know, 95 plus and towards the end of games, that's kind of where it's important for them to not make too many calls and decide the games themselves. Like let the players decide the games. Don't let it get violent or sloppy, but allow the game to play out the way it needs to play out. And, you know, that's just the nature of it. But um, no, I think the playoffs has been have been exciting. I'm going to call the two finals. Um, the two people that will be in the finals, it'll be – 
Los Angeles Lakers against the Boston Celtics. I don't know why, but I think that's the case. If Phoenix defeats uh, Denver, which I'm pretty sure they will, and advances and the Lakers are going to um, beat Golden State, uh, maybe not in the next game, but definitely they'll close it out in six at at least. They're going to beat Phoenix. Um, I think the only team that beats them in the Western Conference is uh, is Denver, but it doesn't look so good for Denver. And I think the Celtics are going to come out and close this out with the Sixers. In six games, they're going to beat them out of Philly. Um, you know, they got home court advantage back. The series is tied 2-2. James Harden has been playing phenomenally. But the bottom line is, is that the hardest thing for Philly is to stay healthy and and Joel Embiid is is tired and not playing to his capability. Um, like he's just hurt, so you know it's going to hold them back. And he's obviously been, you know, he was voted the MVP of the league for a reason. But um, I don't see them maintaining the pace that they've been maintaining. It's just too challenging where Boston is a very consistent team and the pace that they play at, they can not only maintain, but they can, like, the way they played last game was was poor in the first half. In the second half, they blew up. And they, they could have won, but they needed to close out on defense. But had they maintained that pace the whole time through the game or something similar in the first half and not allowed for... James Harden dropped 40 points or just let him drop 40 points and not allowed him be to drop 30, you know, um, and there was phenomenal defense on Joel Embiid. Uh, there's just a couple of hustle plays that they got outplayed at. And as a basketball player watching that, you, you go, well, those are the, those are the, uh, those are the things that you got to change. Like if there's a loose ball, you have to fight for it. You have to get you can't get out rebounded and things like that. You have to fight in those areas and it's going to tire you out. So um, it's important to take care of that in the first half because it's going to help you out in the second half to not have to work as hard and you can kind of pace yourself a little bit better and just focus on a couple other things. Um, and especially in the third quarter, everybody knows that's, that's the make it or break it. Um, but anyways, so that's my, I guess, analysis of, What's going on in the playoffs right now? Uh, I've been lightly keeping up with the Miami-New York series. Honestly, Miami with Jimmy Butler uh, is has been a great team since the bubble. Jimmy Butler has been playing outstanding ever since he was in Chicago and playing with Derrick Rose and had his breakout season. So it's no surprise to me that he's doing what he's doing. Uh, he's phenomenally athletic, hard worker, tough uh incredible defender he's probably probably in my opinion the best two-way player actually in the NBA uh, as far as consistency goes and things of that nature like Kawhi Leonard is a great defender but offensively he is not Jimmy Butler and um, and Jimmy Butler just goes in like phenomenal basketball IQ just you know I love to watch him play which he was on the Celtics um, so yeah so that's pretty much it um Decided to watch a game tonight. Got to go run some errands, but look out for more podcasts. I'll be dropping them now on a weekly basis. I guess today is Tuesday, so you know what? I'm going to go back to trying to get one every Wednesday. So please stay tuned. 
Um, also, big, big, big announcement. If you made it this far, you will hear the announcement. But if you don't, I will put it in the description anyway. So I have opened up my Shopify store. Um, I believe I have a link. I have a couple products there. I have sling bags, two sling bags, uh, uh, like, you know, those cheap bags, but with designs. From, one's from a lizard that I caught, and the other one is, uh, is a different one that I've posted before. I have my garter snake hoodie. I have a leopard gecko bomber jacket. And I think I have a fanny pack with Komodo dragon skin. But anyways, check out my store. I will put the link in the um, in the description for the podcast. And I will probably end up putting that link on my link tree on the Instagram. So follow me at Beasting with Brian Podcast on Instagram. That's the only place that I am. Follow me on Spotify. And wherever else you listen to, I know I'm on several platforms. So if you're listening on those other platforms, I appreciate it. And when I do start putting stuff on YouTube, I will um, I will set a link for that as well. So just keep your eyes out on that. Things are moving in a forward direction. I appreciate you staying, uh, not loyal, but staying here with me and enjoying what I may or may not have to say and or enjoying or not enjoying, whatever. If you can hate listen all you want, don't really care. Appreciate it too. So uh, yeah, that's it. And we're a month away from the summer. So y'all get your summer bodies ready. You got a month to cut and I will be seeing you soon. Peace. Welcome to the Beasting with Brian podcast. I'm your host, Brian. And before we get started, I would like to thank our biggest sponsor, Simple Chew. At Real Simple Chew, at Simple Chew, and Simple Chew on YouTube. Simple Chew is an easily digestible way to take in financial information from a very smooth-talking, handsome young gentleman by the name of Henry. We'll leave it at that. You can find Henry giving advice on YouTube pretty much about anything in the financial world. Henry is an experienced accountant who's worked for multiple banks, whether it be international or just local level banks. He's had a wide breadth of experience and he's also worked with other people giving advice and things of that nature. And Henry uses his channel as a conduit to be able to speak to the person, the common person and explain different ways for them to invest in themselves, invest in markets, and ways to read it better and make a very complicated language a lot more simple. Anyways, if you want to better yourself in a financial manner, Simple Chew is the way to go. You can find Simple Chew on Instagram, YouTube, probably everything else. Definitely Facebook also. Go to Simple Chew today, find out what you don't know.